Well, this is a, a great feast, and I, I think it's pretty neat um, when you have feasts and you think about you talk about some of the apostles because, of course, we have in the Bible, we've got St. Peter and St. Paul, and they're the big guns, okay? Uh, we know a lot about them. Half the, half the New Testament's written by Paul himself. Peter wrote a, a decent amount, and uh, the Gospels feature Peter constantly. And the book of Acts, the first half is all about Peter, and the second half is all about Paul. So Peter and Paul are, are kind of the two big apostles, but it is fun to kind of go in and try to see what you can learn about uh, when it comes to the other 11 apostles, and Andrew is one of them, and he shows up, his, uh, he makes cameo appearances here and there. Now, initially, when you look at, um, the other neat thing is when you look at the first three Gospels, they, they were written before the final Gospel, before the Gospel of John, and tradition has it that... Um, in the, in the ancient liturgies, they, they would be reading, you know, I mean, we're talking during the life of the apostles, for, right towards the end of the apostolic era, they would actually be reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, uh, and the apostle John was present. And they would say, and he would make these side comments about, well, you know, and then this would happen, and then that would happen. They were like, well, you know, you've got to write your own gospel to fill in the gaps here, okay? You kind of give these behind-the-scene information uh, that we hear about in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So write your own gospel. So he writes his own gospel, and it has a different perspective. The fourth gospel is di- very different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it starts off Jesus' career and the apostles' career much earlier uh, than, than the first three gospels. So, for example, we look in Matthew, and uh, this, is, this is chapter 4, um, and it's really the first appearance of the apostles in the gospel of Matthew. And all we see them is Jesus walks by the sea, they're out there fishing, and he says, hey, come follow me. They drop their nets and follow him. It's kind of strange. You think, are these people crazy? Do they know who this guy is? Like, how, how did they make this transition from, you know, working a full-time job with, with dad, and then suddenly they're following this guy just because he said, follow me? What, what's going on? But you read John, and you kind of see there's a whole background story. Okay, so w- well before the apostles started to follow Jesus officially in Galilee, they were down uh, in the southern part of the Holy Land by Judea. And in fact, Andrew and John were disciples of John the Baptist. And you really, you start to read between the lines and you can see that they were, they were riveted on the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, that they were expecting the Messiah. They were so anxious and so uh, much anticipating the coming of the Messiah, and very, very excited. Where is he? Where is he? He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And John the Baptist comes, and they become his disciples. And so John and Andrew are following John the Baptist. And then John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God, and points to Jesus. And then they, as we read in the early chapters of John, they, Andrew and John go and they follow uh, John the Baptist, and they spend some time with him. I'm sorry, they follow Jesus, and they spend time with him. So down by Judea. So they, they were spending time and they knew Jesus uh, very, very well before the scene we read about here in, in Matthew. And then Andrew goes to his brother Peter and he says, Peter, we have found the Messiah. Come and meet him. Okay, so this is what we know. This is the background story to this apparently abrupt um, uh, departure from their father and their, and their following of Christ in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. So it's neat because Andrew, you know, before there was the great Peter, there was Andrew who actually introduced Peter to Jesus. 
So without Andrew, there wouldn't have been a Peter. He's the behind-the-scenes guy. By tradition, uh, he also, like his brother Peter, was crucified. Uh, and he, it says that he was crucified in Greece. And that he was crucified on a cross that was shaped like an axe. So if anybody's ever seen this, what's called a St. Andrew's cross, it's a special cross. You see it amongst the Greek Orthodox, and it's shaped like an axe, because the tradition has that Andrew was crucified on that style of cross. But in any event, my brothers and sisters, what we see something here in the Gospel, something very remarkable, even though they had all that preparation and that background knowledge, uh, and they were young, zealous, very, very religious Jews who were very zealously anticipating the Messiah, it still took a great amount of courage, I think, for them to leave off their father uh, and suddenly just up and follow Jesus, leave everything behind. Um, some of them were married, Peter himself. I don't know about Andrew. Uh, Peter left his family behind, his wife, his children, his, his uh, mother-in-law. Um, he just left everything behind. And uh, their close family members weren't uh, resentful. They didn't feel abandoned. Uh, they were fr- uh, flattered, quite frankly, that this man who they, had, they hoped was the Messiah actually chose their son or their husband or their whoever it would be to as his disciples. So they were supportive and they were able to let go of Andrew and Peter and the, and the other apostles. And uh, the, the apostles were able to separate themselves and follow after Jesus wholeheartedly, lived with him 24-7 for three years. Um, and uh, in our own lives, we, we, you know, we want to ask ourselves, what is it that we maybe are holding on to that uh, is hindering us from following Jesus more closely? Is there something that we're kind of clinging to more ardently than we should? Okay. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a kind of a hope or a dream that's been shattered uh, or that we fear will not, never come to pass. Um, maybe it's a financial insecurity. Uh, maybe it's worries about what will happen if, when we leave our family behind uh, after we die. Whatever it might be, is there something that we're clinging to, holding on to, that's impeding us being able to leave behind everything and follow Jesus more closely? It's like a net, you know, it says Peter and Andrew left their nets behind. Now, of course, they were using their nets <laughs> to get fish, but we can see this metaphorically as a net as, that was potentially ensnaring them and holding them back and tying them up and trapping them. Are there any nets in our life that are holding us down and captive so that we're not able to follow Jesus more closely? Um, let's follow the example of Andrew and, and leave that net behind and follow Jesus when he calls us, because he's calling us today. He calls us every time we celebrate the sacred liturgy, every time we offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass, every time we receive Holy Communion, Jesus is calling us to leave behind our nets and to follow him more closely like St. Andrew.